Wow, very powerful. Let me say, uh, God bless you. Thank you for being here today. We're thrilled that you've come to worship the Lord with us here at Great Hills. I'm Danny Forshee, the lead pastor here. And on behalf of our staff and all of our leadership, again, thank you for coming. And staff, thank you all. God bless you. You did a phenomenal job pulling all this together. So thank you. I don't know who is more excited, the kids or the adults, watching those helicopters come in and drop the eggs. How many of you have never seen that before? It's your first time to ever see this. That's pretty, pretty cool. I hope everybody got enough eggs. If you didn't, let me apologize. Uh, we do have about five or six eggs here on the front row. If you did not get them uh, after the church service, if you want to come pick up a couple, that would be great. But we did drop 20, I think it was 20,000 eggs, so that's a lot, a lot of eggs. Let me mention just a couple of words of announcement before I get into my message. Uh, Guest, again, we're just thrilled that you're here today. In your worship guide there, if you haven't had a chance already to register today, we'd love for you to do that in the next few minutes. A little card looks like that. You jot down your information. Uh, Front and back, there's a little uh, data there we'd like to get from you if you'd be so kind to do that. And also, in your worship guide, there's a a sermon uh, outline. It looks like this. And I'd like for everybody, our guests and members alike, to kind of make note of that, look at that in a few minutes as I'll walk you through my message. I want you to do something very special at the very end uh, of the message. Uh, Brother Terry, is our website, did it go live today? All right, our new and uh, updated, renewed website. If you go on ghbc.org, please don't do it now while I'm preaching. Thank you. I I appreciate that. If y'all would hang in here with me, or you may want to go on it and just uh, take take notes and follow the app there. That's that's wonderful. Our Love Where You Live, we're a part of uh, 300 churches in central uh, Texas and the greater Austin area. By the way, do you know that Austin now has 2.1 million people in it? That is phenomenal. I mean, our city has grown exponentially our city has grown. In the greater Austin area, six counties, 2.1 million people. Well, we're one of 300 churches that is participating in the love where you live, the art of neighboring. And you're, you, you see the billboards, you hear them on the radio, and we're one of those churches that we're going to gladly participate and obey Jesus' command to love God and to love our neighbors. Many of our church members are signing up to host the neighborhood studies, and if you're interested in that in the ministry mall, uh, you can sign up. All right, well, today we're going to share a message with you from the book of Ephesians. And today I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. Very excited about this message that God has given me here at Great Hills over the last six weeks. uh, We have been in a series of messages entitled, Help! H-E-L-P! Exclamation point. Help with my kids, help with my marriage, help with my physical life, help with my today, our spiritual lives. And the text is Ephesians chapter 2. And the series is Help, and here you have the cross right behind me. Thank you guys for putting that up. It is awesome, because today is the day we celebrate, of all days, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, lest any of us should boast. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone can boast. And verse 10 says, for we are God's workmanship. We have been created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So pray with me right now. Father, thank You for our time together. Over these next few moments, we just pray that the Holy Spirit of God would speak to us, every one of us where we are. Lord, for those who are coming to faith in Christ, 
Even this morning, Lord, I believe you will draw many into a relationship with you, and I thank you for that. For the rest of us, Lord, that we're growing in our relationship with you, God, would you encourage us? And then finally, God, I ask you to be with our people, Lord, that we would all commit today to help other people, that we would help them grow in their relationship with you. God, I pray that distractions would be minimal and that, Lord, our focus would be riveted on Christ, the empty tomb, and God, how you want to meet us today at our point of need. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, currently reading a book entitled, Seeking Allah, But Finding Jesus. It's a book about a, a Muslim man, a very devout Muslim. He was a medical doctor, born and raised in a very strict uh, Muslim family. And the book is phenomenal. I encourage you to read it because it, it traces his story, his testimony of how God appeared to him in dreams and visions and revealed to him the legitimacy and the veracity of the Christian faith. Now again, this man is a very highly trained, educated medical doctor, and he came to faith in the risen Christ. Um, amazing. I encourage you to read it. This week, I'm going to take a trip. In fact, I'm going to get on a plane in just a few hours, and I'm going to go to a part of the world that is absolutely starving for the good news that you and I get to hear today, that we get to share today. I'll be in a country where 85% of the people are Hindus, but what I am seeing, this is my seventh time to go to this part of the world, God is doing an amazing work. Last time I was in the home of a lady that she was supernaturally healed and her demons were cast out of her by the power of Jesus Christ. Her whole family became Christians. And by, guys, by the way, this is not uncommon. God in this world all over this world, He is appearing to Muslims in dreams and visions, and they're coming to faith in Christ. Supernatural healings are happening in South Asia like you've never seen, and people are coming to faith in Christ. Now this past week, I, um, my heart, as your heart, was, was very uh, broken. I'm still not over the events that happened in Brussels. I've been to Brussels, Belgium. It's a beautiful city. And my heart is just absolutely grieved, as yours is, that someone could think they're doing God a favor by obliterating themselves and everybody within their proximity. And it just, it grieves me. But it also reminds me that there is a message that needs to be preached, and it is this. You don't have to die for your God because your God has already died for you in Jesus Christ. I love Lee Strobel's story, and I, I read it again this week. Lee Strobel was the editor, the legal editor for the Chicago Tribune. He graduated from Yale University, has a master's degree in law, and he, he said life was great. Life was fantastic until my agnostic wife came home from a church Bible study, and she gave me the worst news I ever heard in my life. She told me that she had become a follower of Jesus Christ. And Lee Strobel in his words, and I'm going to read what he actually said, he said, it was the worst news that I as an atheist could ever get. My agnostic wife became a Christian. Two words shot through my mind. The first was an expletive. The first was an expletive, and the second was divorce. I thought she was going to turn into a self-righteous holy roller, but over the months, I 
I was intrigued by the positive changes in her character and her values. Finally, I decided to take my journalism and my legal training as the editor of the Chicago Tribune and systematically investigate whether there was any credibility to Christianity. Maybe I figured I could extricate her from this cult. I quickly determined that the alleged resurrection of Jesus was the key. And anyone can claim to be divine, but if Jesus backed up his claim by returning from the dead, then that was awfully good evidence that he was telling the truth. For nearly two years, I explored the minutia of the historical data on whether Easter was a myth or whether Easter was a reality. I did not merely accept the New Testament at face value. I was determined only to consider the facts that were well-supported historically. And his last sentence reads this way, as my investigation unfolded, my atheism began to buckle, end of quote. He gave his life to Christ. Lee Strobel has been a pastor now in America for 30 years. Now we say, what does that have in common with Muslims coming to faith in Christ all over the world through dreams and visions? What does that have to do with Hindus coming to faith in Christ through supernatural healings? What has that got to do with Lee Strobel? All of this is predicated on one fact, Jesus is alive. He has risen from the dead. In my early years as a pastor, I've been preaching pastor now for 30 years, but as a young pastor evangelist, I used to come on Easter Sunday, and, and I tell you, I came with both guns loaded. I was going to get after those CEO Christians. You know what I'm, ta- you know what I'm saying? You say, what's a CEO Chris- a Christian? What's well, a Christmas and Easter only Christian, all right? And, it, and I, I've mellowed out, and hopefully I've matured, and here, here's my deal today. If you're a, a CEO Christian, praise the Lord you're here today. There's no judgment here today. We, we are thrilled that you're here today. And I, I really believe that you would not be here unless you believed at least cognitively in your mind that the resurrection really did happen. Now, no, really, think about it. Would you waste your time? Would you come and sit here if you did not believe at least a modicum of faith and belief that maybe, just maybe, Jesus did rise from the dead? Well, listen, the Bible says that the demons believe and they tremble. There's a vast difference between an intellect and assent and belief until it penetrates your heart and changes your life. I believe God is much more interested, not so much as what, not so much what's in our heads, but who lives in our hearts. And so if you're here today and you're interested and you would say, I I do have faith, I do believe, but I want to put my faith in Christ alone and I want to become a follower of Christ where you're in the right place. And I want to share with you in just a few minutes how you can do that. If you're taking notes in, in your outline, write this word down, becoming. Becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, it says, it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. And there are four key words, I want you to look at that with me. The first word is grace, it is God's grace. It is His unmerited favor, it is His unconditional love. And the Bible uses the word agape kind of love, it's a love that sacrifices. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so hated the world. Is that what your Bible says? Mine either. For God so loved the world 
that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus, born at Christmas, died on Good Friday, arose from the dead on Resurrection Sunday. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever, whoever you are, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're educated or illiterate, no matter what socioeconomic group you're in, whoever believes in His name will never perish and go to hell, but they will have life everlasting. That is grace. Remember verse 17 says, for God did not send His Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. The good news of Easter is this, God is not against you, God is for you. God has gone to great lengths to woo you, to bring you into a relationship with Him. All of this is for you. God is shouting it from the heavens that He loves you, that He wants to enter into a relationship with you to radically bless you and change you and to fill you with hope and peace and joy and everlasting life. The second word is that word saved. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Saved means to be rescued. It's kind of like if I were swimming and I had um, just about lost hope. And this has happened to me, by the way, true story. Two times in my life I really should have died, but somebody intervened and literally saved my life. And I'll never forget that because I was perishing. I was out of strength. There was nothing I could do. And and think of it like this. Somebody throws a life preserver in my midst in this pool, okay? Now, common sense says you better grab that life preserver and hang on and be rescued, be saved, be taken out of your difficult situation. And that's exactly the word that God uses here. It's the word to be saved, to be helped because you're drowning, drowning in sin, drowning in difficulty, drowning in uh, a, a hard life, and God gives you an out through the cross of Christ. And the key word is faith, to believe, to trust, and the gift is free. You don't have to uh, try to earn it. You can't earn it. That's the great difference in Christianity and all the other world religions. If you don't hear anything else I say, make sure you hear this carefully and closely. The difference between Christianity and all other world religions is this. All other religions are man's attempt to try to please God or appease God and perhaps by chance maybe reach up to God and go to heaven and earn our way. But Christianity is the exact opposite. It is God coming down to us and doing for us what we could never do for ourselves, and that is Christ. He lived a perfect life. He died a substitutionary, vicarious death. He suffered on a cross. He took all of your sin. He took all of my sin. He bore the weight. He bore the payment. He died for us, and God vindicated Him. God exonerated Him. God substantiated His divine claim to be God, come in the flesh, and up from the grave He arose, and Jesus stands victorious to say, all who call upon me, they will be redeemed. They will be forgiven. This past week, I was… I love to play golf, I'm, I, I enjoy it, and I was out at the Barton Creek Country Club, not playing, but going to hear uh, Zach Johnson give his testimony. Zach Johnson is a phenomenal golfer, and he spoke for about 30 to 40 minutes on how to be a good golfer and all these great events he went through in his life, and, and one of them was really interesting to me. He said, let me give you the key to winning the British Open. And I thought, well, I'll never win the British Open, but maybe I can take some of these principles. And I found that these principles were awesome. He said, here's how I won the British Open last year, through patience, perseverance, and being tough. I thought, that is good advice. Whether you're in your job, or in your marriage, or in a difficult way today, being persevering, 
being patient and being tough. And then he made this statement. He said, that works good except for Christianity. He said, because I had to come to the point where I realized that the way I became a great golfer is that I had to work hard at it. And, and Zach Johnson won the, he's won the Masters, he's won the British Open, he has done a phenomenal work as, as a professional golfer. But he said, but when I realized in Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, I realized for the very first time that all my good works and all of my effort and all of my doing, it would never amount to enough. And said, I finally realized that God had already done it all. That Jesus Christ had died for me and all I had to do was to trust and believe. And he said, and when I did that as an adult, as a professional golfer, he said, my life was radically changed. Let me tell you something, guys. That's the good news. That's what it means to become a follower of Jesus Christ. You recognize that at the cross and at the empty tomb, God has done all the work and all you have to do is trust and believe and say, I give you my life. Somebody said salvation didn't cost us hardly anything, it cost Jesus everything, it cost His life. And all we have to do is trust and believe. The second thing I want to share with you today is growing, growing as a follower of Jesus Christ. If you write those words, or at least write that word down in your outline there in your notes, just write the word growing. Growing as a follower of Jesus Christ. And I want to go through this briefly with you because those of us, many of us in this room have already committed our lives to the Lord. And here at Great Hills, the thing about us I love about our church is we like to see people come to faith in Christ, and then we like to see them grow in their relationship with Christ. The Bible said, it is by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But look at verse 10, it says, for we are His workmanship. The Greek word there is poeme. Poeme is where we in, in the English language get the word a poem. And that word literally means a masterpiece, a design of God. Notice this, we are not saved by our works, we're saved through His work, but watch this, once we are saved and we commit our lives to God, we are to work. And that is a very important distinction, that we become followers of Christ by grace, and then we grow in our relationship with Him by doing good works. What are those good works? Thank you for asking me that question. I want to answer it. Here it is, two things. I call it the great commandment and the great commission. If you know Christ, the very first thing you'll want to do is obey these two commandments. Jesus said this. He said in Matthew 22, He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind. And then he said, this is the first and great commandment. And then verse 39, he said, and the second commandment is like it. You shall love agape, your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, Jesus said, hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, he says the Christian faith can be summarized in this succinct, cogent manner. Love God and love one another. That's how we grow. I'm so excited that our church is going to participate in this love where you live. Many of you are going to host uh, these neighborhood groups in, in your home, and I think that's phenomenal. And others of you like me, it, it's just going to change your life. I tell you, my life has been changed 
by this simple command of Jesus to love my neighbor. I used to go home and I'd just open up my garage, go in and just chill out, said I've been with people all day, I don't really want to see anybody, and i just go sit down. I don't do that anymore. I go home and I, I actually talk to my neighbors and engage. Oh, listen to this. The other day we, we went out into the neighborhood here in the Great Hills neighborhood. And uh, we just went on knocking on people's doors and inviting them to church and saying, hey, we are your neighbor. I, I would literally say, you know that big church up there on Jollyville? And they're like, yeah, everybody knows that church. You can't miss it. It's humongous. I say, well, that's my church, and I just want you to know you're my neighbor, and we love you, and how can we help you? How can we pray for you? This one lady, she goes, whew, man, I'm relieved. And I said, why that? She said, I thought you were with Clinton. And... Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> no, no, really. And then she said, if you weren't with Clinton, I knew you were with Trump. And she said, I, I just want you to know, I'm glad you're not with either one of them. And I said, me too. I am too. And um, she said, did you just say that? I just said that, all right? And then she said, you're with the church? I said, I am. She goes, that's wonderful. You know, it's amazing how people are much more open to Christ and the gospel than we realize. Growing, number one, we grow by loving God, loving our neighbor. Number two, we grow by obeying the Great Commission. The Great Commission goes like this, and Jesus said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now watch this, go and make disciples of all the nations of the world, and you baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now watch this, church, this is so important. Verse 20 tells us the way we grow as Christians, we enter the Christian life as babes and we, we get the nutrients and the milk and the nourishment and, and we take those baby steps and we begin to walk in faith and to the point where we teach others to observe the things that God has commanded us. And Jesus says, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We call this the Great Commission because these are the last words of Christ the resurrected Lord, before He ascended back to the Father, He said, go and make My name known among the nations. And that's why in a few hours I will get on a plane. And by the way, can I just say this? Great Hills, thank you so much. I'm so blessed to pastor this church. You, you allow me to go and obey the great commission of Jesus. You, you give me the time to go and say, Brother Danny, we're praying for you. Go and teach the gospel. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm so blessed to pastor a church that has a heart for missions and a heart for the nations. And I just wanted to say from my heart, thank you for, for that, for letting me to do it. So he says, go and make disciples of all the nations. And by the way, when you do that, when you become a follower of Christ, and you begin to grow in your relationship with Him, and you love God, you love your neighbors, you tell the world, you build people up in their relationship, and that is the way to live. Now, the last thing I want to share with you is this, help. Helping another grow in their relationship with Christ. And here's, here's what this looks like. Many of you today are going to become followers of Jesus. I believe that. Many of you are going to step out of the intellectual ascent, the cognitive, the cerebral, if you will, and you're literally going to take a step to genuine relationship with God. Somebody said, many people are going to miss heaven by 18 inches. 
They know it up here, but it's never penetrated their heart here. And the, re- and the way you know it comes here, it changes you. It changes your life. So many of you are going to become followers of Christ, and then you're going to need to grow. You're going to need to develop in your new relationship, and you're going to need somebody to come alongside you and to help you grow, and that's where we come in. I'm so proud of our church because we take the Great Commission seriously. We literally, every single person that comes to know the Lord, we like to come alongside of them and encourage them and help them grow in their relationship. So you're one of three places today. Watch this. Number one, some of you are becoming followers of Christ today. Number two, some of you are growing and you're developing your spiritual muscles. Some of them have atrophied. Some of you guys, I mean, this is like a swift kick in the rear today. You're going, you know what, I I need to get off the couch. I need to get busy. I need to serve the Lord. I know God has saved me. Now I need to get busy. I need to work. I need to be in the Word. I need to be praying. Man, I need to go on one of those mission trips like you're talking about. I need to give. I need to, and praise the Lord. That's awesome. But watch this last one. This is an anomaly. This is a very different aspect of Christianity that you don't hear much about today in Christendom in America. And that is where a local church will literally come alongside you and help you as you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So here's what I want you to do. As I close this morning, I want you to take this outline out. You say, well, well, Brother Danny, I've filled all this out, and you're going to ask me to turn it in? I am, okay? Because I know you've written it down, and it's in your mind. But before you leave today, I want you to go to the bottom here, and this is our invitation. If you're here today and you would say, I am becoming or I am interested in becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, you just check box number one. You do that today, okay? Number two, you would say, "I, I am growing as a follower of Christ, and that would be awesome. Man, I I, I hope many people check that, say, I am growing and developing in my relationship with Christ. And the third one, I want you to notice this. I am helping another grow in their relationship with Christ. Now, box two, I want you to check that if you're growing or you would like to grow in your relationship with the Lord. Check box two if you would say, you know, I would like someone to help me grow in my relationship deeper with Christ. You check box number two. Now, box number three, this is, I'm so excited about this one. If you check box number three, here's what's going to happen. You're you're willing to say, I am a member of Great Hills Baptist Church, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and I am willing to reach out and help another person grow in their relationship. And if we have a whole lot of people check that box, guess what? I'm going to get busy. And I'm personally going to teach you how to do that. I will personally, as your pastor, we'll, we'll get a time together, we'll get a meeting place together. My land, we got some space, amen? We got some space here at Great Hills. And I'll meet with you and teach you how to do what I'm about to do in South Asia for two and a half days. I'm going to teach a bunch of pastors and a bunch of Christians on how they can take the basic axioms of the faith and sit down with someone and actually help them grow in their relationship with the Lord. You say, man, this church is like on steroids. What what are you talking about? I mean, this church is serious about discipleship. This church is serious about people growing in their walk with God. And that is absolutely the takeaway that I want you to get from our church today. Yes, we're excited about people coming to faith, but we're equally excited about helping you grow and mature in your relationship with Christ. So this is what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to bow your heads.
I'd like for you to close your eyes unless you need a moment to look over that sheet. Check number one, I'm interested in becoming a follower of Christ. Today is a day that, of salvation. Would you tell me more? Number two, would somebody help me grow? I, I'm already a follower of Christ, but man, I'd like some help in growing in my relationship. And then number three, I want to help somebody grow. Brother Danny, I want you to teach me how I can help others become disciples who will make more disciples. And with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, I want you to listen very carefully before I pray because we're almost done. In a moment, we're going to be dismissed. And as you exit, there will be men at the exits and entrances of our church. In fact, men, why don't y'all go ahead and do that? Those of you that are going to be at the, at the entrance and the exits of our church, they're going to have an offering plate. Now, if you're a member of Great Hills Baptist Church, uh, you're supposed to put money in that plate, okay? That's, that's what you do. That's what I do. We support the ministries of our church, but that's not for our guests. Our guests, we would love for you to fold that piece of paper and put it in the offering plate. Let that be your monetary offering for us today. Now, many of our own people, many of our Great Hills people will make a check on that box, and that's awesome too. And you fold it up, and along with your tithes and offerings, you put it in the offering plate. And that's how we're going to conclude our day today, all right? So let's do this. Let's all stand to our feet. Let me lead you in a word of prayer. Go ahead and stand up. You say, I still got my eyes closed, but don't fall down, all right? Stand, stand up. Go ahead and bow your, bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to close our service with a prayer of thanksgiving to God. And when I'm finished, when I say amen, you are dismissed. There's probably some tacos floating around out there, and we're going to find Easter eggs for the next decade. That's all right. We'll, we'll find them. But if you didn't get any, and you, listen, we, like I said, we got five or six up here on the front. You can take those. But seriously, we are thrilled, thrilled that you came today. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you, Lord, that there are many people in this room today that the gospel will move from their intellect to their hearts. And Lord, thank you that Great Hills, we get to follow up with them, and we get to encourage them and to show them how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to give, how to discover their spiritual gifts. Thank you, Lord, for a sending church. Thank you, Lord, for a church that takes missions and evangelism and discipleship seriously. So proud of our people, God. Thank you that many of us will get to follow up and encourage those who have come today and put their faith in You. Lord, may You bless the remainder of this day. God, I pray that families would get together and they would eat a lot and just laugh a lot and have a good time. I pray for single adults. Lord, may they be reminded of the great love of God for them, and may they find friends and companions, and may they have a great afternoon. And God, I pray that many of these dear folks will make their way back to our church, and they would find a place of hope and a place that they can call home. God, thank you again for this great day, and we pray it in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you for coming today.